the audience wants to see vulnerability and wants to see a different side of people. They know everybody's tough. We're wrestlers. We do this all the time. Yeah. They want to see the people be able to have some fun and make fun of themselves once in a while. What's up, everybody? Sure. Welcome to the welcome to the final out of character live taping at the WrestleMania Superstore. I appreciate those of you who woke up early today, post WrestleMania, to be here very much. We're here with Otis and Gable Alpha Academy. How's it going, guys? Thank you. Give it up for the Alpha yeah. Academy. Give it up. Good morning. Wake up the bones and the chills. Respect to the one still doing it. The last yeah. day, baby. Let's take it home. Let's take it home, indeed. How you guys feeling this weekend? Feel great. Uh, tired, but uh, still excited. The Raw for Mania is like. As everybody knows, one of the craziest nights of the year. Um, so looking forward to that tonight. And just, uh, man, let's take it home because this has been a, a heck of a weekend. Dare I say, potentially maybe the best WrestleMania of all time this weekend. What do you guys think about that? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, it was honestly such a good show. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that your guys' match was kind of a sleeper on the first night. I think that people were kind of underestimating what you guys were going to do in there. But then when... You guys actually had the match. You just straight up killed it, and it was an awesome match. Oh, yeah. Get, got those kind of characters in the ring. Something's got to happen, right, baby? Like, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you got a bunch of big men, big, hairy, juicy, sweaty boys, and you got the stud athletes like Chad Gable, Ricky, Ricochet. Um, so it's like, yeah. You got uh, Angelo Dawkins, who just speared Strowman around the damn floor in that match. Woo! Couldn't believe it, man. Dawkins is a... Force be reckoned with, and I know that a lot of nights on the other side of the ring with him. And of course, Montez Ford, what a nut, but I love the guy. And to your point, like, I think when the match got announced, a lot of people, like, thought, oh, they're just throwing this on the card to get a bunch of guys, you know, a match, which, whatever, fair enough. Uh, but we didn't look at it that way. I think all of us treated it like, uh, this is our chance, chip on our shoulder. We got a chance to prove something here that not only did we deserve to be on this show from the beginning, but if they're gonna do it and call it a showcase thing, that's exactly what we're gonna give them. And don't be surprised if years now, like going forward, this becomes a tradition where they do this showcase thing because we showed them what they can do when they give us an opportunity like that. Give so, it up for that, right? Yeah. You guys wanna see that every year, right? Look at, you know, you talked about Dawkins right there, but you hitting that chaos theory on Strowman, I think was one of the craziest moments of the match too. He's got explosive, explosive hips. Olympian, he's got dad hips, I'm telling you, man. This guy could pick up anybody, even me. Braun is a, that's definitely the biggest guy I've ever done it on. Um, oh. It was a daunting task just looking at him, you know, the size, and not only the size of like height-wise, he's heavy, um, he's strong, and it's just different picking up guys that are built like him. Um, muscle and the density, everything about it, it was a very daunting task, so I'm just happy. Once I got him to that apex and like the peak of that moment, I was like, we got him. And he flew, man. He flew like a little baby at that point. I don't know if you guys heard, but you can't, somebody's gonna hear what we say in the ring, but all I heard was, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going on my head. <laughs> uh, that double Tower of Doom looked insane too. Like the way you guys pulled that off was such an impressive spot. I feel like it was one of the most impressive spots of the whole weekend. That's another testament to just the different characters and the dynamic of the different guys in the match. Like you've got that 
no other match, I think, could pull something like that off because of the hosses we had as a base. We've got a guy like Ricochet who's able to pull off what he did to finish it off, and then the technicians in the middle doing all the other crazy stuff. It's like, where else are you going to find that? It's like a circus. It was like a circus in a match, I feel like. It was awesome. Is it overwhelming when you walk out on that stage and see 80-plus thousand people staring back at you and you know you got to perform at your highest level possible? I would say that uh, every you know every week we have we have television, and you get that first initial like yeah. Then we say something to each other. Then we start walking down the aisle. The problem with WrestleMania, a lot of big events like SummerSlam and Royal Rumble, that continues. You keep going and going and going down the ramp, hoping not to fall. Doing doing your best, and it's just like you're absorbing it more and more. By the time you get the ring, your adrenaline's so freaking high. It's just like. This is like even bigger than TV, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I have, have kind of a little tradition. It's nothing crazy every year, but like when we get to the stadium for Mania, I'll go out, walk around, do a lap in, in the arena, and just take everything in, and kind of like blows you away, just the magnitude of the size of our sets and the setup and how they do it. So you get this initial like kind of being blown away by everything, but then when you have to come back out later and there's 70, 80,000 people out there, it's a different level of blown away, you know? And I, but I, this year was unique for me personally. I was just telling my mom and dad yesterday, they were here, like, for the first time I walked out and I wasn't like, I wasn't blown away in that sense that I was in the past. I was like more in the moment and just feeling it than I ever have been. And I don't know why that is, but if it was a certain specific energy from this crowd here, but man, it felt good. It was like you could just feel everybody's emotion and excitement, and uh, it was like all like pushed in this one little ball in this little area, and you just like you got every bit of it. It was awesome. It felt really cool. Do you think that the way you're portrayed post Triple H taking over had anything to do with it? Because he really has been a supporter of yours and has let you kind of wrestle to your full uh, potential, you know? And I wonder if that had anything to do with it. I mean, that's definitely a possibility now that you mention that and like I think the way that Hunter's used me over the past nine, eight, nine months uh, allowed me to show everybody what I can do technically also on the character side of things and what that does I think in the long term is earns the respect of our fans because they sniff that out and it's not just a thing where oh yeah he's a good wrestler no he's also entertaining us in the meantime and uh, it's a guy that we, we start to like get behind, even though he's kind of a jerk sometimes. And I really got a sense of that after the suplex to Braun that you mentioned. It was like, did this thing, and it got the initial like, oh my gosh, from everybody. But then about 15 seconds later, it got like a, like a nod of respect round of applause from everybody, which is like, thank you. Almost like a thank you to me. And, and to have that kind of acknowledgement and just little respect from the audience now building, it feels really, really rewarding. Yeah, it's great how Triple H has just really pushed you guys because I think that both of you guys are so talented and I've been waiting for you to kind of get this push for so long. Like since you got signed, I've been following you. And I think that in NXT, just was such a big fan of what you were doing there. And this is kind of like the evolution now where you're an evolved version of that character where you're better than you were before, but it's so cool to see on TV every week. Like, I'm a big fan of Pure it. Pure stud. Thank you. I'm going to get into more Triple H talk, but there was one thing I was wondering that just kind of came up this morning. I'm sure you guys saw it since it's in your company, uh, that, the, that WWE is now partnered with Endeavor. They have a merger going on. Are you guys UFC people? Do you guys watch UFC? 
here and there. I mean, I, I always love the characters, obviously, because that stands out, especially in that kind of environment where you got to be serious and tough and going to kick this guy's ass and this guy's ass. But it's, uh, I love a good fight where it's just like both guys are probably the same skill level and probably don't have the complete peak of fitness, but there's there's going at it. It's a grudge match. I love that kind of stuff because I never was gifted, gifted with a lot of abilities mobility-wise or anything, so like watching just a grudge match is awesome. But again, I haven't kept track, I'd say, probably 10 years, so I'm way behind the game. I'm sorry, guys. I think <clears throat> we had heard a lot of talks about the company you know, potentially getting sold and stuff recently, and you never really know what to buy into or what to believe because there's just so many rumors. Uh, but I will admit that like this partnership is not one that even, I don't know, it didn't cross my mind really the way they announced it. But to see it, it makes a lot of sense. Like I think it's gonna be a really cool dynamic group. And I heard the term like combat sports entertainment thrown out yesterday or today or something. And I've never even thought of that before or heard that. But to me, it's like the doors that that opens and the possibilities. You, I think it's going to be a wild ride. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that it's just going to be interesting to see what the future holds because it's just going to be so different than everything we've ever been used to when it comes to WWE. Difference good. <laughs> when you guys were doing your amateur days, you know, wrestling and doing your stuff for, you know, uh, amateur wrestling, did MMA ever cross your mind ever? Oh, no, no. I know I can't because that kind of sport, you get punched in the face, you got to keep your cool a little bit. And I get hit in the face real hard. I got to start, you know, start shaking up, seeing red. So uh, and you start losing your uh, technique at that point or something like that. So never really did. I mean, obviously, this is what I wanted to do when I was a kid. So. When someone goes, we don't have the amateur career, try a few amateur fights, see if you love it. I go, well, that sounds like a waste of time for me because I don't even want to, I don't even love it. Like, let's just try this wrestling thing first here. Come on now, guys. So, yeah, never thought about going there, but he would definitely kick some ass in the <laughs> MMA world. But tell you that right now, I, suplex in the knee. <laughs> I, uh, I never actually really entertained the idea either. I was just so focused on <clears throat> Greco Roman wrestling. It was like my, I loved it to death. I was so in tune with training and dialed in that like the future for me at that point I wasn't looking that far forward it was like this is what I'm doing I want to make it to the Olympic Games and then like at the time UFC was blown up it was real popular so like on the weekends when we were training and stuff back at the training center like people would buy the fights and it was a huge deal to go watch the fights on the weekend but we would like retreat to our cold dark dorm room at the Olympic Training Center and watch old WrestleManias or old degrees. ECW pay-per-views instead. So we were uh, always WWE guys from the beginning, so we were obsessed with that too on the side, but yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I our interview here, last time we spoke was a year ago at WrestleMania when we were in the ring, and it's the only episode with 101 episodes I've done of this show that I wasn't able to put out because the audio was messed up. And that was one of my favorite things was you guys talking about how you'd watch pro wrestling together in the training centers. Are you guys still watching old pro wrestling and studying tape together from old stuff? It's like having a cup of coffee. It just kind of keeps on happening. Uh, it depends <laughs> what mood we're on, too, because um, for, again, I don't know if I should, I should say this, but we have what we call in-between towns, uh, four hours or something or five hours to the next town we drive. And person driving does just li just listens to the audio, but we always turn on wrestling all the time. So it's like we'll pick a pay per view, all this stuff. But still, in the morning, I'll put on Abdul the Butcher randomly and just watch a bunch of forking going on. And I'm just like getting excited for the Raw tonight, even though we can't use forks anymore, guys. 
But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a constant. It's like breathing at this point. Yeah, we'll be at like live events on the weekends or something. And, uh, you know, before our match or before the show starts, it's like our big discussion is what, what pay-per-view should we get for tonight? Or like, what compilation should we download? Uh, let's get some old Mike Awesome matches and we'll download oh, like yeah. 30 Mike Awesome matches and just watch it for four hours as we're driving to the next town. Never Not me, the eyes on the road. Yeah. I just listen. But, you know. Good, safe drivers right here, guys. <laughs> but yes, we still watch a lot of wrestling. Dude, Mike Awesome ruled. We were, I had, oh my God. I had Karen Cross on the show the other day. We briefly talked about how those, those Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka matches were just something that opened our eyes to a new type of wrestling. But also, like the stuff he did with Spike Dudley was just fantastic. I mean, dude, guy's a tank. I mean, oh, man. I mean, he had the perfect package as a professional wrestler. And to see what he can do, I mean, as a 300-pound guy, jumping off the canvas on top of a top rope and then doing some crazy-ass dive on the other side of the barricade is like, holy crap kind of moment. In ECW, my friend uh, Pope and I used to have this thing that we loved. We just dubbed it... Uh Disappearage, we called it, but it was like Mike Awesome was famous for it too because uh, he would take a guy like Spike Dudley or Tanaka and like when he would do something to him out of the ring, they would shoot it in a way where like they'd be doing it, doing it, and he'd dump them and they would just disappear and they're just gone through his table out of frame. Or like when RVD would do like dives to the, th- through the crowd, but he's just gone because they wouldn't change the camera angle. They would like leave it wide instead of following him into the crowd to see what happened. And it's like it almost made it more disturbing because it's like where'd they go? They just disappeared. It was so cool, man. It's like what it's such a cool visual. Nobody caught him. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Did you guys ever get to go to an ECW show when it was popular? Damn, I I couldn't. I was too young of age. I think. When the Deck Arena in Duluth, Minnesota, where I would see the WWE events, uh, I remember my sister's old boyfriend going, I'd never seen ECW, but some guy would, they all went crazy with some guy with jeans and a kendo stick, drinking beer, entering enter the Sandman. So I don't know what was going on in that show. Very far from Raw is War, let me tell you. That's whole experience. I have a similar experience because there was one ECW show in LA that they had a heat wave out here. Anyone go to that heat wave? Anyone? No, I'm the only one. Okay, cool. Uh, and and I remember my dad took us and we were in the parking lot trying to like see RVD and like Sabu and stuff. And my dad was kind of like hanging out by the street. And when my brother and I turned around to go back to my dad, he was sitting there having a conversation with Sandman. Oh, wow. And we were like, "That's so cool," you know. And so when we walked up. Sandman walked away, and we said to our dad, like. What were you talking to Sandman about? And he was like, that guy's one of the wrestlers? I thought that was a homeless person. He was just drinking beer. <laughs> I, uh, I, he's like, I thought he was going to ask me for change. And I was like, no, no, that's like one of the wrestlers who's wrestling tonight. He was like, oh, cool. But I yeah. got to go to a couple uh, with my friend that I had just mentioned, Pope. Uh, we went to some when we were like, I mean, I was only 14, so we like had to get dropped off still or something like by our parents. But saw Jerry Lynn win the title in St. Paul at Guilty as Charged, which was the coolest moment because... He's a Minnesota guy, so like for him to do it there, the crowd was just, oh man, just rabid. And uh, RVD was my guy back then. So if you want to see a young Chad Gable, there is footage of me like patting RVD on the shoulder as they made their way fight through the crowd. I, I pulled it up a few times before. I had some weird like orange blonde colored hair back then, and uh, you got a really look for. And there's some there. Yeah, I've seen got a close him. eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to find yourself as a fan on TV like that. I, uh, I made it on there a couple times, once behind Motorhead, when they showed Motorhead, and I'm just like, yeah, like so excited. Rock. Um, so did you have any talks with Triple H about how your guys' team was going to be portrayed once he took over? Not really. Um, the cool thing was, like, once he took over, it's almost like he got it. Like, he got 
specifically for me, I'll let you speak to you too, but he got what I wanted and what I needed, I think, career-wise going forward, which was to be able to, like, uh, you know, express myself not only through the character stuff, which I had been doing um, when Vince was still around in a bigger capacity back then. Vince was really, like, behind this character I was doing, the academic stuff, and, and I really got to get that out there. But I think what Hunter saw that I needed and wanted, and I think what he also wanted for me, was to show the world what I'm capable of doing technically and just match-wise. And from the beginning, he gave me those chances. And you saw, or you see now, like, all of that coming to fruition and paying off, like we discussed earlier. It's like, it's... It was money that we were like depositing for these last seven, eight, nine months early on, and now it's like it's all paying off, and it's built and built equity in me, and it's it just feels really good. After me, I mean, I, I call him Big H, but yeah, it's uh, shush. Just <laughs> <laughs> talking back there. The uh, for for Hunter, it's like majority when we talk is always these crazy stunts like the milk truck in Pittsburgh where he knows I'm just a goofball, and he just goes, I feared you liked this kind of stuff. A lot of liquid spring on your belly. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> it was in that, yeah, okay. But it's just like, it's just, he's a, he said, a very laid back, you know, but for a guy who's that laid back as a boss, is really impressive because, you know, serious when you need to be, but also like, we've just been, I think she's kind of having, in, in a sense, Jesus take the wheel on this. Like, for me, is like, I haven't had a lot of, uh, how would you call it, like, do this, do that. But again, if if there's something he didn't like, he would tell me. But you know, besides that, we're just having fun together. So I don't know. It is a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> like honestly, how many guys? I think we're a unique case to where how many guys get to do the things where like milk truck, like he said, or dance like the Chippendales dancers on Halloween. Oh like, yeah, complete morons. But then maybe the same night, even or the next week, I'm out there wrestling Cody Rhodes and showing the world that I can actually be competitive and convince people, oh my gosh, we thought he might have had him there. So to be able to do that and like keep yourself as a credible threat, but then also go out and dance like a stripper, uh, Chippendale dancer, is Love like, the, I mean, what, what could possibly be better than that? It's so fun. What could go wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> I think that even though you get the comparison a lot, it is very reminiscent of a Kurt Angle where he was able to just be this wrestling machine, but he could also be as silly as he, wa- silly as he wanted backstage, and it never affected his credibility. And with Kurt, all love to Kurt Angle. He's the, he's the damn man. You just love when we get back after performing. Oh, yes. We get back after performing. He just has this grin in his face because I don't know if he sees himself through uh, Chad or he just enjoyed the whole thing, but he's never... Like he's always been, if he's backstage, he's always by Gorilla. And he's always tell us what a great job and all that. So thank you, Kurt. And he's like the archetype of like demonstrating that, okay, yeah, we get it. Like you have this Olympic background, legitimate athlete, uh, but you don't need to walk around like stone faced, like you're the big tough guy every day. Like you, you get people like that that are afraid to like let their let a front down, you know, they need to protect themselves at all times. But at the end of the day, I think what the, speaking from my perspective, I would think that the audience wants to see vulnerability and wants to see a different side of people. They know everybody's tough. We're wrestlers. We do this all the time. Yeah. They want to see the people be able to have some fun and make fun of themselves once in a while. And that's what I enjoy seeing too. I enjoy when I see some of our guys that are like the serious, you know, hosses but also not willing to make a fool of themselves once in a while. 
I feel like Sami Zayn is a good example of the vulnerability thing, where it's like, yes, we know everyone's tough, but look at how it can propel someone even higher when they're willing to make themselves look vulnerable or sad or have different emotions other than just tough guy. And that's Sammy, baby. <laughs> it, lets you, it lets people identify with you, yes. for sure. Like, it, it, you, you want that. You want to be able to say, I see a little bit of myself in that person. I see whatever aspect it is. And you, you might not find it in every wrestler or superstar, but you'll find it in somebody. If you can find that one little bit in one wrestler that's like, man, I see, I see a little bit of me in him or her you're going to gravitate towards them, and that's what you want, for sure. Yeah, and I would imagine that the reason Triple H you know, understands your guys' characters so well is just because he's been with you guys since day one. So he kind of helped mold that. So when he took back over, it was like, well, I know these characters, and they're more advanced than the last time I was able to be booking them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've obviously known Hunter since 2013 in NXT. Um, and it's almost been 10 years that you've been in WWE. That? That's crazy. I, I, know. I remember when you got signed. That's crazy. There was a uh, set, one of those like seven years ago today things or whatever popped up on my wife's phone um, April 1st when we won the tag team titles, uh, me and Jason Jordan at, at TakeOver Dallas. And it was seven years ago. It just blew my mind. And we had my daughter there, and she, like who's now seven and in first grade. And I'm like, she's just a baby. And I'm like, man, time just goes like that. And I feel like... Everybody says that as you get a little older, you start to realize how fast time goes, but in wrestling, for whatever reason, it has made time just go even faster. I'm sure just because we're like constantly charging forward, forward, but man, I've luckily like, I feel like I've been able to soak it in as much as possible, but it's, it's hard sometimes, but it's been a wild ride, man. Oh yeah, it's, for me, it's like, and he left me too in Florida. All I was alone. like, I was like, brother, yeah, we'll do our thing. We had about what a month of uh, barbecuing and eating a bunch of good meats that are good workout, and uh, yeah. And he goes, and he's like, and all of a sudden he gets called up. I was super happy for him. I'm like, Grip, what do I can do down here? And then all of a sudden, eventually found Tucky, and then well, you know what they say: if you love something, you leave it, and then <laughs> if it's right, it'll come back to you. And unfortunately for me, he did come back to me, and he moved like two houses up the street from me a few years later. So. I guess it is true love. I'll, ch I'll check the mail. <laughs> Let's uh, see here. Ah, yes. It's not my magazine. <laughs> uh, Otis, how much fun are you having working with Maximum Male Models? What? <laughs> <laughs> you can have fun with both people. It's, uh, it's definitely challenging because I've never really, I don't know, like everybody knows I just don't, I'm not, I'm not into fan I can't wear jewelry because I don't know, it's just weird to me. Uh, this bag of Snoop Dogg gave me my first necklace. Uh, Saturday for a match. I tried it on. It was just choking me. And I said, what size is this? Oh, it's a 28. I'm like, well, I'm 25, brother. We got to take this off me. Good God. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's, just, it's all fun, man. And like, again, it's one of those things where I like to look forward to, again, again, again it starts when we get in the car. We get in the car in uh, Minneapolis. We drive, the, we drive to the airport and we start talking about what we might be doing this week. So it starts getting giddy, giddy, giddy. Then we finally get to do it. It's just like, you know, he tells me I gotta calm down sometimes before matches. They just start getting excited. But especially in the in the matches too, he's just like, dude, just calm down and go to the next stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, let, me, let me take a second to just like also touch on those guys, cause and Maxine. That they're finally getting a chance to do their stuff uh, yes. on a bigger level on TV. And we've got so much talent on our roster that doesn't always get a chance to shine. And it's so cool to see them, because I've known for a while, and if you watch any of the stuff they do 
on their own and shoot and put on YouTube or whatever, you can see how entertaining they are and how like they've just dove into these characters. And you're not always maybe the most happy with what the company's given you some from time to time, character-wise. I've spoke on the Shorty G thing in the past, but like me or like them, I, I didn't like complain about it. I was like, this is what they're giving me. Let's make the most of it. And those guys got this modeling thing, and they could have done the same thing and walked around with a boo-boo face and uh, you know, so this is sucks. No one's gonna like this, but they are like so committed to it in a way that is so endearing. I feel like people, the more they get of them, they're gonna just start to love, to love to hate them in the best possible way. Oh yeah, like Mansoor, that banger he had with uh, uh, Cesaro in Saudi. I was there, and you started hearing the crowd was already with Mansoor, but he just like built and built and built, and I'm like, holy hell, it's because he'll be a star, man, and. Again, just the way he says stuff during our backstage stuff, I just, I, for me, I always break. You know what I mean? Just yeah. so he calls, calls Gabe a little goblin. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> or just little stuff that he says. And the kid's talented. Uh, I know it was Brendan. Uh, Macy's is a hell of a guy. His flexibility is what the hell. For a 300-pound guy, it's pretty damn good. And, uh, but he said, you, they all have the best positive attitudes. I think it's what you need. In, especially in this industry is like keep thinking positive because again it's just like anything in life everything's gonna hit you hard in the ass but you know what just keep coming on the way out baby the switch to Maxine Dupree made so much sense and helped that act too so much I think even though she's so new in the business well I don't know how long she's been training before but new to WWE TV she just seems like she is just so talented like I feel like she is gonna have such a bright future in WWE she's another one that you can tell is uh, so committed to the to the gimmick and not only that, but a true performer. Like anytime the camera goes on and we're doing something or filming our stuff with them, or even out in the arena, uh, you have a hard time taking your eyes off her because she gets it. She knows how to make herself a spectacle. And uh, that's what we need here. And she's great at that. So like when you combine the three of those, all their personalities, and you'll see it, you've seen little glimpses of it with the stuff we've done with them, but man, it's our playing off each other is clicking more than I expected it to, and we've got a lot of ideas we've thrown out, some pretty wild ones that I hope they run with going forward. I hope this isn't one of those flash in the pan things that's like gonna be over with in the next couple weeks, you know? I, I, if I had it my way, this male model stuff's gonna last all summer, because we got ideas in the pipeline that can get us there, and it's gonna be entertaining stuff like that you've never seen before like look at this guy I do I promise, have a history I promise I, I, I have a history of loving blondes I'm sorry <laughs> when I wrote my uh, predictions article for the website at Fox Sports my editor who doesn't watch us he's like a casual fan he was just like who's Otis this guy is amazing I love this it was the it was the hand model video I put the hand model video oh in my the article God. and I, I didn't know I thought I was kept calling it a pedicure I have no idea what <laughs> the nails or anything because again these knuckles are ugly and dry from Minnesota weather and I got these weird fingernails so it's very funny to have my hand on the camera going look at this baby that's a handicure it's not a handicure what is it Man uh, manicure. manicure sorry manicure, manicure. I, I just yeah I have, I'm not in this world so it's the best of, of, of Otis can uh, try to say the lingo of anything modelish and say it wrong I think it's even more entertaining so let's just <laughs> Keep it going, baby. Like I said, Mac. And he's not trying to be funny. That's really what he thinks those things are called <laughs> sometimes. Saying, you have to trust be handicapped. He's not to TV. trying That's... to be funny. 
I need you to say handicure on TV. That's yeah. the best. <laughs> I just don't know what to call it. And I'm like, I can lick my pedicure. We'll put, take your shoes off. No, not that. <laughs> you don't want to go there. <laughs> nope, nope. That's going to be coming soon, apparently. Uh, oh, no. Uh, I wanted to do a fun little thing here. We got a little crowd going. Uh, I wanted to play Alpha Academy Trivia Ooh. to see how much you guys know about your partner here. Okay. Uh, they're going to be basic questions, but we'll see. I'm wondering if, if you know these basic things about your tag partner. Uh, Otis, when is Chad's birthday? Ooh. It was recently, too. Last month. My heart. My heart is breaking. I'm bad with everyone's birthday, by the way. It really, I'm really, I'm terrible. I'm also terrible with birthdays. If it wasn't for Facebook, I'd be screwed. I, I, I just know my, when he started you, hearing the buzz, but it was you, last month, though, because yeah, we, we trained. Mar Mar March 8th. March 8th. March 8th. March 8th. All right. All right. You were close. You had the month. That's a serious day of training at the shack because we have to max out the number how old we are. Our birthdays are serious one. training days. Those are, uh, those are as about as intense as we get on our birthdays. I'm the opposite. One time my wife tried to get me wrestling training as a gift for my birthday, and yeah. I was like, you want me to work out for my birthday? That sounds awful. That's our reward. That's our present to each other. How's your back feel, babe? <laughs> uh, Gable, what weight class did Otis, Otis wrestle in? Well, I mean, clearly he was a heavyweight, but the weight was when uh, he was competing back then, the weight was, I believe, 265 was the limit, or correct? Yeah, 264.5. That's changed since then. It's gone up a little bit, which you'd appreciate, right? If well, when, when, honestly, when the Olympics were out, were out of like the sport of wrestling, I, when he came back, it put up to 130 kilos, which is 285. I was yeah. like, thank God. Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't imagine having my chicken. But he was a heavyweight. For whatever reason, I was... Uh, Gable was friends with all the heavy, all my best friends were heavyweights. They all gravitated towards me. I don't know why, because I didn't cut I don't I didn't cut weight when I was a wrestler. So I was the only one that could go eat with them. I'd take them out to restaurants. You stuff. never had to cut weight when you were a wrestler. I never. I, I cut weight when I was younger, like maybe up to ninth grade. But after about ninth or tenth grade, never again. So I was always just eating and wrestling at whatever weight I weighed in at. I think that's why those big guys loved me. They're like, this is one one of the other guys can eat. We had awesome. so, many, so many spots, dude. So many good food Downtown spots. Downtown Colorado Springs, <laughs> and oh yeah, they knew us real well. Don't forget the tip. Otis, what are Gable's kids' names? Briella, CJ, and Stinkers. I forgot. Stinks is fine. Stinks, I call her yes. Stinks. Meadow is the other one. Meadow, yes, okay. yes. Very you got good. the nickname, that yes. works. Uncle, Uncle uh, Doe likes to have nicknames, especially yeah. my family side, so yeah. <laughs> Gable, what are Otis's dog's names? Fred Bear, and uh, what is the other one? Is that the is is the other one the one that's like as big as a horse that I said that day I pulled up? That that was Fred Bear, yeah. Okay, okay, I forget. The other two are is uh, the Pitbulls, Faulkner, Faulkner. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I'm that's thinking. That's a juicy of. one too. If you say it real fast, it sounds really bad. Yeah, um, Faulkner. <laughs> Neighbors are like, what the hell is he saying? And then uh, the girl is Phoebe. Fred Bear I hadn't seen for, uh, I don't know. It was winter, so they're not always out as much. I pulled up to pick him up to go to the airport one day, and Fred Bear was outside. And I was like, I thought he had a horse in his front yard. It's Big the boy. biggest dog I've ever seen. It's like, what are you feeding that thing, dude? Just once a day, but I'm telling you, the fur grows with him, too. It's just like, where is this meat at? My God. But yeah, it's a struggle when I'm sleeping at home where it's like a two armpits and they fight for each armpit. So 
I'm blessed to have amazing dogs. Can't wait to see him tomorrow. All right, well, we'll get into our final segment here. It's a segment I call the finishing move. Gable, what's your least favorite move to be on the receiving end of? Well, let me, probably Montez Ford's frog splash because I've taken it more than anyone else in the world, I would say. He's beaten me about 900 times with it and it never gets any softer. It's like it gets harder every time because he gets leaner and leaner and he's like in the best shape of his life. So the leaner he gets, the more it hurts every time. The man's like carved out of stone. That's why I care for my opponents. But I'll tell you what, it, you see it from your angle every night on TV, and it's spectacular. Can you imagine how, like, incredible it looks to see? An, I mean, let me use a freak, freak athlete. It's awesome. I feel like you are in peak shape right now. My, is that my imagination? You got or? the shape. Because <laughs> I feel like I, you're always in good condition, but Thank I was you. looking at, like, your some of the stuff you were posting on Instagram yeah. leading into WrestleMania, and it felt like you were kind of, like, bulking up a little. Well, and, thank you for that. I, the only, like... So since WrestleMania is essentially like our Super Bowl, our big peak of the year, I have always been of the mindset just from amateur wrestling that I need something to like peak for and to keep myself motivated to train or, or look forward to. So I always just treat WrestleMania as like the big peak. So I'll train harder, I'll diet a little harder up to this, the week we're in right now, and then I'll back off a little bit. So yeah, it's like that now. And now we're gonna go to, after tonight, I'll take my family we're gonna go to Huntington Beach. We got a little Airbnb down there for a few days. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. I'm gonna drink whatever I want. I'm gonna have steak and cheesecake and red wine, baby. It's gonna be good. You've earned it, you've <laughs> earned it. Uh, and lastly, Otis, what's the most memorable time you hit your finishing move on someone? would have to say Randy, because as it was a quick, like a quick kind of like transition to the, but it was like, picked him up. He's like, he's like all right, Bubba. <laughs> and I, I, when I dropped him down, before I could even say a thank you, because it's, it's hard when you're on in your hard cam side, you don't want to be obvious about it, so you put your head down. But I thought they, I heard somebody say, I forgot who, I think it was Uncle Uncle Al AJ, because keep your freaking face in the freaking camera, don't <laughs> look down to tell him thank you. That's what the back is for, kid. I'm sorry, AJ. Sorry about that. Yeah, Mr. Styles. So I go, so I, I went down. I was gonna put my head down. I went, yep. And it, went, it was one. To, and then Randy has this tradition where he kind of slaps your ass or your, your thigh, and, he, and, he's, and he's like, you're welcome. And I'm just like, all of a sudden we get, he gives me the titles, I'm like, holy hell, this is not real, dude. Philadelphia, baby. So good. Give it up for Alpha Academy, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. This has been Out of Character. Make sure you guys are following WWE on Fox on social media. Follow WWE on Fox on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel. Lots of good stuff there. There's clips from Raw and SmackDown and so much more. And also make sure you guys are following the Out of Character podcast feed as well. It's where you can find this show every week and so much more. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin. This has been Alpha Academy, and this was Out of Character. Give it up, everyone. Yeah. Thank Please. you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah.